Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, February 11th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen, alongside Sugar Sheen Caldwell, who's back in the NBA booth. And you've seen him throughout the fall here on our NFL podcast. But if you weren't with us last summer, Shane tied for first in a uh, Millie Maker on FanDuel in the NBA. And now he's decided to come back and uh, get back involved in NBA. So Shane, welcome back. And are you ready to match that performance? Yeah, you know, I'm fired up for NBA. I love NBA DFS. I just love how fast-paced it is and how all the news changes and just how how crazy the NBA slates can be. And, uh, yeah, we got a nice five-game slate tonight with some with some pretty tough matchups and a lot of big superstars involved here. So, yeah, I'm excited to be back on some NBA uh, podcast here. It's something that we really specialize in, and we, we're awesome at uh, breaking down. So I'm excited to be a part of it. Excellent. And you've got your Pistons jersey there in the back. You want to tell the folks who are watching uh, who the who the uh, the player is there? Yeah, that that one no one would guess. I would give them like a hundred guesses. They probably <laughs> wouldn't do it. I mean, they might look it up or something. But it's actually Amir Johnson, who uh, my wife and I used to go to a lot of Pistons games back in the early two thousands and mid two thousands. And he was one of our favorite uh, young rookie type guys. Cause he was just an exciting player. Whenever he got in there, he would always have like awesome, like windmill dunks and stuff. So he was just an exciting player. My wife liked him. So we, we, uh, I bought her the Jersey at the, at the palace, of Auburn Hills, you know, at Beautiful. the game that, that, so that was, it's kind of an old, old Pistons Jersey. I used to have a Tayshawn Prince Jersey too. He called him the, the palace Prince. He was one of my favorite players, uh, a lefty just like myself. So yeah, yeah, definitely big Pistons fan. Uh, my favorite Pistons memory was uh, giving uh, Chauncey Billups a high five. We sat right by the tunnel and, uh, you know, reached out. And he gave us a high five. He was really a big, big guy, uh, really cool with the fans. So and then, uh, you know, talking back and forth with Rasheed Wallace and stuff like that as he goes <laughs> by. He's, you know, just a funny type guy. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I just love those Pistons memories of the, those awesome teams. And the Palace was a great environment there uh, back in the day there. So, yeah, still still follow the Pistons just they're kind of in rebuild mode right now, but we got them on this slate. So that, that's yes, exciting. They, they, they are a tough team. Uh, Dwayne Casey may, has them playing really good. So they don't have much talent, but they play hard. You got to give them credit there. So. Yeah. And I don't know if you heard yesterday, but coaches, one request was that you don't fill out the lineups tonight with all Pistons. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I bench the, uh, I take my recency bias or my, my uh, Detroit bias out of it, especially when it comes to the Pistons here. So, um, I, and yeah, so there is a couple Pistons that I, that I like, okay. On this slate. And I think that I'm, I'm not the only one though. I think some people may be looking at some of the Pistons cause they've had some pretty good value plays lately and some guys that are getting more minutes now and, and they produce. So yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out here. Absolutely. So, uh, we're going to go game by game as we always do to try to continue the, the hot streak here. Uh, we had the two brains are better than one lineup last night that we built on the podcast. And that cashed really, really high up. Uh, so, you know, it's funny because, Shane, you mentioned all the news in the NBA, which is true. I mean, there's so much pivoting here with late news that it's like I want to throw up a gif of Kevin McHale in the paint because that's what it feels like every night. But the the funny thing was last night with that two brains are better than one lineup, we didn't have to make any changes. And usually yeah. we have to. and We have to update folks on Twitter. But if you play if you listen to the podcast yesterday and you played that, give us a. Give us a like on YouTube, if you don't mind. Uh, tell us about uh, your profits there. And uh, while you're there, please subscribe to the channel. And then uh, while you're on social media, you can follow Shane. Uh, he is D-E-T Sports Shane, if you couldn't tell from all the memorabilia behind him. 
And you can find me at Language Olympic. And the coach who's resting up for a big weekend is available at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. So, Shane, let's get going here on this five-game slate. We have six of the ten teams involved in a back-to-back, and we don't have any totals over our magic number of 230. So it is a grinded-out slate with the, the highest total coming at the end with Philly and Portland at 229.5, so just under that number. But we're going to get going with uh, Miami and Houston, the first 7.30 Eastern tip. Miami favored by two, and the total is only 215. The news here is that on the Miami side, Dragic is still out, Silva is out, and then probable tags for Gabe Vincent and Mo Harkless. And then on the Houston side, we have John Wall probable. So start us off here on game one. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the lower over-unders here, but it is a pretty close, you know, over-under. Miami only favored by two, so it looks like it'll be competitive. Um, it is more of a pace-up game for uh, for Miami. They're a pretty slow-paced uh, team, like 23rd in the league, where Houston is like fifth, so they, they get up and get up and go. So for Miami, that could help some of their production for some of their guys to get out and run a little bit more. Uh, so it's a pace-up situation. The issue with this, in terms of a DSF, DFS perspective, is you have two top team, team, top ten teams, and when it comes to defensive efficiency, you got Houston. I was surprised they're in the top five there for defensive efficiency. I was a little surprised by that. Yep. And uh, you got Miami, which is not a, not unexpected in the top ten there. Um, so pretty tough uh, teams, and especially when when they have a healthy Jimmy Butler and everything. So pretty tough defensive matchups here. So that's why we're not looking for a huge total here, but it should be a pretty competitive game and there's some value here so i'll start on the miami side um we talked before the podcast we're kind of on the same page i I like if uh if miami plays a little bit more small ball in their up their pace up in this game i do like kendrick nunn uh when he's starting because i just like how he's you know he's not that big but he's very explosive and he's still you know he's just a good all-around player so he gets a little bit of statistics everywhere so i like kendrick nunn uh he's five thousand dollars on Fanduel, and i think he's a good value here in this pace up spot, uh, decent matchup. You know, I'm not too worried about the matchup here uh, against Houston. Um, and then I think you can take a look at Adebayo. He's pretty expensive, um, but he could get more involved in this game. Uh, I'm not too worried about DeMarcus Cousins because I don't know, you know, DeMarcus Cousins tends to get in foul trouble. You just never know how much he's going to play. So I think Adebayo could have a decent game here, but he has $9,000. So that's a decision you'll have to make. Uh, it's pretty tough. Um, and I do, I really like Jimmy Butler, probably prefer him over out of bio. He's like 8,700 on FanDuel. I think Jimmy Butler is going to get up a lot of shots and put up a lot of those, all those peripheral stats and, you know, blocks and steals. So I think Jimmy Butler's in a good spot here in this pace up game. Um, if they're going to beat Houston here on the road, they're going to need Jimmy Butler, I think, to have a big game there. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with Miami. I, I, I'm not sure if I'm, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm loving Tyler Hero. You know, he might have, you know, Oladipo guarding him at times. And Tyler Hero doesn't tend to get a lot of peripheral stats. He's a little bit scoring dependent for me. So at his price, I'm not sure if I'm going to get to a lot of Tyler Hero tonight. Uh, but that, those are probably the main guys. It's probably the guys I like the most would be uh, Nunn and Butler for, for the Miami side. Um, what are you thinking here for Miami? Yeah, I like Nunn here tonight. I, you know, he's been starting and he's been a little bit inconsistent with his production. But I think he can succeed here uh, tonight. Butler, I also prefer over Bam. And, you know, the, the hard thing with Butler is this slate is full of stars. I mean, we've got, we've got Tatum, 
Embiid, Curry, Lillard, Vucevic, and a lot of those guys are in pretty good spots. So, you know, it's it's you know, do you do do you go stars and scrubs or do you go with some of these mid-tier stars like Butler who are a little bit cheaper? You know, that's the question. So if if I'm only going to go with one guy out of this game from Miami, it probably is none because I do like that price on FanDuel. Hero is definitely playable for me, also preferable on FanDuel where he's only 5,800 and he's back to being shooting guard eligible. Uh, And so, you know, even though he's coming off the bench, you know, he really runs the show when he's out there. So uh, he's playable for me. Iguodala would be the minimum price option there. He's, uh, you know, he's actually settled into a bit of a rhythm here with his minutes. And Miami was really playing a ton of guys when they had healthy players. And, you know, they've, they've sort of tightened the rotation on the bench. So he's playable for me in a GPP. If you want to go more stars and scrubs, uh, he can help you get there. How about over on the Houston side? Yeah, on the Houston side here, um, just to address, I, I feel like DeMar- DeMarcus Cousins could be higher owned again. I know his price has been steady, like on FanDuel, it's 6000 and he's put up some monster games at times, but it's getting a little bit hard to trust, you know, uh, in terms of his minutes and uh, his ability to play, you know, higher minutes, and they don't seem to trust him. Um, and they could also play a little bit smaller in this game as well, play a little bit more small ball. And, you know, use Eric Gordon and those guys more. So in, if you have Wall and Depot playing, that changes the rotation as well. So my point is, I don't know if I trust DeMarcus Cousins here. I think he will get quite a bit of ownership. And I know he can produce even when the 20, you know, mid-20s in terms of minutes. But I just don't trust him here in this matchup. Um, I think it's uh, Adebayo and company are pretty tough matchup. So, and sometimes he gets into foul trouble as well. So I don't think I'm real. I'm not really high on Cousins. Uh, but I am interested in both. Uh, John Wall and Oladipo. Uh, I think both of those guys are pretty pretty good plays and decent matchups here. Um, they should mostly avoid you know Jimmy Butler for the most part. Um, so I so I do like them. Uh, I think Oladipo should be coming back fresh after uh, sitting out a game, so he should be looking pretty good. And John Wall played pretty good last time out as well when Oladipo wasn't in there. So I think those guys are in play, but they are fairly expensive. They're in the, that high seven to eight thousand dollar range. Um, but in this game, if they're go- they're at home, if they're going to try to you know beat Miami, they're going to need big games out of those guys. Uh, other than that, I probably am not going to be looking at any of the Houston you know uh, different uh, secondary players and value players here. Like I said, Marcus Cousins is the, is the biggest value play that you'll see that'll have high ownership. But I'm mostly going to stick with the stud backcourt here in Wall and Oladipo, and, and that's kind of uh, that's kind of where I'm at. And hopefully they can get matchups on you know Kendrick Nunn or Hero or some of these guys that are a little bit better match matchups in, in terms of their size and their skill set. Um, I don't really I don't really want to target uh, too much too many Houston guys here. Um, it's it, it's a little tricky. Miami's pretty tough on defense. So yeah, I like uh, I like I think Wall is probably my favorite play for Houston because he will likely get some Kendrick Nunn defense and he is cheaper than Oladipo. And when Wall, Oladipo, and Gordon are all playing, Wall is you know, the alpha dog there with hailing the ball most. And I do think Oladipo could have to deal with Butler some defensively. So I I probably won't go there. Gordon's been playing pretty well at times, but I expect him to come off the bench now. And so you can't quite trust his upside with both Wall and Oladipo out there. With Cousins, 
I think the the issue with him most recently is that they were they had a back to back, and so he really only played about half the game. Uh, I think they're kind of monitoring those minutes because Wood is out. They need Cousins to stay healthy, so I think he can play more minutes tonight. But he is going to have to deal with Bam, and there are some centers here later in the slate that I'd I'd rather pay up for, uh, like Busevich and Embiid. So I don't know if I would go in the mid tier for Cousins uh, because of those studs later in the slate. So most likely wall or pass for me on the Houston side. All right, game two, Shane. The other 7.30 tip is Toronto and Boston. Great rematch here from the playoffs. Boston won that series in seven and uh, should be a good battle here tonight. 220 and a half total on betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor. And Boston favored by three. Toronto is on a back-to-back. They won easily against the Wizards. And this is a front end for Boston. They're going to play against your Pistons tomorrow. And for the news here, we've got Inanobi questionable. Uh, he's been out, and Powell has really picked up the slack there. And every, everybody looks good to go for Boston after they've come home from that road trip and had a day off. Now, I, I think this one will be a fun one to watch. Um I don't know if I'll get a ton of exposure to it. I think the price tags are pretty reasonable on both sides. Lowry is cheap again, just like last night, only 7,300. And these, the stars for Toronto, they only played 32 to 34 minutes against the Wizards, and they're you know conditioned to play big minutes with Coach Nurse. So I think they can be productive on this back-to-back, Boston not as strong defensively this year as they have been historically. They're 18th right now. Um, so, you know, Lowry, I, I like the price tag, the matchup against Kemba. The the other wing players for Toronto I'm not quite as excited about. Uh, like Siakam is extremely expensive on FanDuel now at 96. Van Vliet is expensive. He's over 9K on FanDuel. Uh, so and and Powell, I played him last night some and and did well, but you know we we got to see if Ananobi's playing because then he'll be out of the mix if if Ananobi's back. For the bigs with Toronto, Baines and Boucher are interesting to me. You know they can both hit value. I'm, I'm trying to play out the game script here, and I'm looking at Baines, and he's been hovering around 20 minutes. I think he should get at least that tonight. You know, with the Celtics starting Tristan Thompson and, and Tice, you know, the, the twin towers, so to speak, for Boston, uh, I, I think he should be out there for his normal 20 minutes. He's pretty cheap. The problem, of course, on Fandle is uh, if you play him, you can't play Vucevic or Embiid. So he's more in play for me on DraftKings, where he's only 3,700. Boucher, uh, he was big for us last night in that two brains lineup, uh, smashing value and uh, you can play him at power forward on FanDuel, so uh, he's attractive to me there. So, uh, really, it's Lowry, Baines, and Boucher. It's the group I'm looking at with Toronto. How about you? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to get to a lot of Lowry because I know that he normally plays a ton and plays good on back-to-backs, but he was questionable, like, on the uh, injury report yesterday with, a, like, a back injury. So, just playing a lot of minutes having maybe a little bit of back soreness makes me a little nervous in terms of how he could produce on a, on a back-to-back. And he's, you know, he's not getting any younger. He's not, you know, he's pretty, right. he's a great player, but he hasn't been having, you know, monster games. So I, so I don't know if I'm going to get to a lot of Lowry, even though his price is great for, for the player he is. I do like Boucher 
Uh, Boucher makes you nervous because you don't know how many minutes he's going to get. But I think he, he can get high, like around 28 minutes, and that's about all he needs. So I think that he will. I think he is out of the doghouse, and he's proven just to be so talented and affect the game in so many ways that they're going to need him in this matchup against Boston. He can stretch the floor. He can get in the paint. He can do a little bit of everything. So, and plus, he, you know, he's got ability to block shots and those type of things. So, so I would definitely take a shot with Boucher at 6,400, even though he's kind of sometimes limited. I think he's going to get enough minutes to produce here and it's a decent matchup for him. Um, I think, yeah, Siakam and Van Vliet, I think, could have a, a big ceiling game here. I think they're due for a big game. But like you said, their price is super expensive. But if you were playing GPs and wanted to get a lower ownership guy that could put up 50-plus fantasy points, um, I think those two are good candidates for that. So I do like them as sneaky GPP plays, but they wouldn't be like core cash game type plays. Because I, I think that for the reasons you mentioned, it, obviously they're going to go super low on because people aren't going to want to pay up for them. But they could have a huge game here too. Um, and then I do I do still like Powell if OG Adenobi is out, but it sounds like OG might actually play tonight. So we'll have to see there. That's going to affect the whole rotation as well. But obviously Powell, when he starts, I mean, he's one of the best like six mans in the game, but when he starts, you know he's pretty good he gets he, he's a great shooter and does a little bit of everything too so i like powell if og's out uh boucher probably my number one play i would i would still roll with him and hope that he gets the high 20s to 30 or mid 30 or low 30s minutes here and then yeah like he's I'm not that big on lowry either so yeah and then siakam and van vliet are just gpp only for me um and then uh what are you thinking on the boston side here i'm looking mostly at tatum um you know, he, he did well against Toronto in that series last summer. He flirted with a couple triple-doubles. Um, we do have Jalen Brown back in the mix, and he's he's cheaper, so you, you could look there to save a little bit. Tice is also a guy that I keep coming back as I play with the lineups here today. 4,900 on FanDuel as a power forward. That's a nice option. Uh, you know, he's he's been pretty solid recently. So it's it's probably Tatum or Tice for me, most likely. I don't want to get involved with the Boston bench. There's been some rotation there and some some changes. Teague's basically fallen out of the rotation, at least in the last game, because Pritchard is back healthy now and, and playing. And they've been, you know, getting different starters in different minutes with Ojale, Grant Williams, Robert Williams minutes have been inconsistent. So I'm not going to play anybody on the Boston bench today. It's probably going to be Tatum or Tice. Yeah, and it sounds like Kemba Walker will be pretty pretty highly owned. He's pretty cheap here at 5,500. Um, Toronto has given up production against point guards, but overall, I mean, Lowry and Van Vliet and those guys are pretty good on defense against against guards there. So you don't don't really love the matchup. And Kemba hasn't been shooting well, hasn't been playing great, but he is a guy that could get there. But yeah, I'm probably not going to play a lot of Kemba because there's a few other guys I like a little bit better. You know, like Kendrick Nunn that we talked about earlier. Um, but yeah, I think Ken, Ken, Kemba Walker will be popular. I agree. I like Tatum. But again, it's 9,500 on FanDuel. So depending on roster construction, if I can fit Tatum in there, it's good. But the, the issue with this game overall, it's one of the lowest pace games on this five game slate. It's a low pace. The, the teams are, are decent on offense, but they're they're pretty good, at least middle of the road or better on, on defensive efficiency. So so it's a little bit lower pace, pretty good defensive teams here. Uh, you know, one team's on a back-to-back. So that's why it, it this game, 
although it's entertaining for real life, it might not be the best game for fantasy, which is uh, which is why we probably don't have a ton of picks in this game just based on the way we feel like it's going to go. So unless some kind of news pops off here and something happens, uh, this isn't a game that I'm going to have a ton of exposure to. And I'm not even sure if I'm going to pay up for Tatum or not, but that that's something. But he is he is in consideration here. But yeah, other than that, I, I, I don't really have any other good like value plays from Boston that I feel good about here. Excellent. Yeah, me as well. All right, let's go to the 8 o'clock game. As your Pistons are going to host Indiana, they won, or sorry, they lost last night in Brooklyn, and they looked awful in the first half. They just could not get it together. They made a decent push in the second half, but uh, ended up losing by 10. Detroit is a front end of a back-to-back. They're going to head to Boston tomorrow. This is a 216 total, second lowest total on the board. Indiana favored by two and a half. And in terms of the injury news, we have Frank Jackson doubtful and Dennis Smith Jr. available to get out there and make his Pistons debut. How about that, Shane? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we haven't seen Dennis Smith Jr. in so long. I mean, he was in the doghouse in New York, so right. we don't really know what type of player he is at this <laughs> point. Because, I mean, at one point he was a young, uh, you know, a young up-and-coming, uh, you know, point guard that was explosive. But, you know, I I, I really like uh, the Pistons coaching staff. I think they, they might be able to get the most out of him. But he hasn't played him forever. Um, I don't know if he had COVID or he was in the COVID protocol. So, you know, we just don't know what version this is. I can't see him getting much more than around 15 minutes or so. So I know he's like minimal price. And some people I know you're considering him, which I, I get that. But I don't, you know, Pistons are, they're, they're not a talented team, but they're fairly deep with the rotation. So I don't know that he, they're going to need him to play a ton tonight, but they're going to they're going to at least get his feet wet and get him going there. Um, you know, I, I still like DeLon Wright to get, you know, high 30s in terms of minutes and, you know, and, and produce here um, in this matchup. And the Pistons have been playing better lately. I mean, they, like I said, they're not very talented, but last three games they played at a little bit higher pace. So that's something to consider here, even though this is a low-paced game. Um, that could have been because they played teams like Brooklyn and that type of thing. But they did play like the Lakers and Phoenix in there, too. So they've been playing a little bit higher pace. Um, uh, definitely have some pretty good athletes and, you know, some good coaching. But they, they but they do tend to slow it down normally. Um, but I think uh, Pistons do play better at home. You know, they're definitely a better team. And this is at home here. Um, and they get Indiana uh, on a back-to-back as well. So, and obviously Indiana is in a nice bounce-back spot here. This is a get-right spot for them because they've, they've been playing horrible lately. Um, so I think it, it's interesting, though, when you have Indy. Normally you think the Pacers would be a huge favorites, but they, Vegas sees how the Pistons are playing better. You two-and-a-half-point favorites here. So so this is a, actually a decent game to target. It's just not a real high-paced game. But if the Pistons get up in higher higher pace here, with the athletes they have that could actually be a good game environment here. So, um, yeah, so let me just start on the Indiana in the, on the Indiana side here. Um, I kind of like Malcolm Brogdon at his price here for him to have a bounce back. Um, I know he hasn't been great lately. He's been kind of up and down, but at the price of like 7,200 on FanDuel, uh, Detroit's not that great on defense. Um, you know, they're decent against point guards, but they're not really that great. And I think that, you know, they, they will really be determined to bounce back and, and, and beat this Pistons team and uh, after having a really disappointing stretch here for, for Indiana. So even though it's a back-to-back, I think Brogdon is in a, in a good get-right spot here at 7,200. So I like Brogdon. And then um, I'm probably not going to get a lot of Sabonis because of his high price there. Um you know, the Pistons are decent at, you know, uh, you know, containing the big guys, even though they're not that talented. They're decent. 
So I don't know if Sabonis is going to have a ceiling game. I think he would have a decent game. So I think I, so I don't really love Sabonis, but I think um, I I do actually like Miles Turner, even though he had a really bad game the other night and he hasn't really been playing that good. I think Miles Turner is he's kind of that boomer bust type guy, and he could actually come out here and having like one of those nice double double type games against against uh, Plumlee and actually get some of the, the blocks as he's like the leader in the league for blocks here. So I think Miles Turner is like a a really low owned under the radar center play tonight because I don't think people are going to be on him. And I think he could get like a double double and some blocks here. So that's why I do like miles Turner in this matchup. Um, that's kind of where I'm at for the Indy Indiana side. I don't, like I said, I don't think I'm going to pay up for Sabonis in this game. Yeah. Sabonis is tough to get to because Tatum is right there next to him in price. I do think I prefer Tatum, but you can't, you can't just, you know, exclude Sabonis because it's a back to back you know, Brogdon and Sabonis play big minutes, so he's capable of smashing again. He's had some back-to-backs where he's been great. Um, but, yeah, I, I lean Tatum here. Brogdon is – it's like deja vu here with Brogdon and Lowry on this slate. Same thing yesterday where you got to decide between them in that low 7K range uh, if, if you want to go that route. And, you know, I am, I am interested in both guys. So uh, Brogdon in play for me. And then, you know, Lamb, a guy like that could uh, bounce back. Talk about a bounce back. He had a rough game yesterday, uh, which was unfortunate. He was in my hybrid lineup. He got three fouls in the first half and then, you know, just never quite recovered. But he's a a mid-tier price on this slate um, that uh, that could bounce back and and pay off. Um, Don't know if I'll get to anyone else, the, you know, McDermott and – uh, McConnell, right around five thousand, uh, fair price. I'm not not thrilled about those guys. So it's probably Brogdon or Lamb or Sabonis or or a pass because you know this is not the greatest game environment. Uh, but that's that's one of the themes of this slate. So uh, how about on the Detroit side? Are you going to play any of your Pistons tonight? Yeah, I mean they're they're like I said like you said they're not a great pace team not a great matchup for them, but I do like the value guys for the Pistons that have a pretty good role right now and that produce in many categories. So I like, I mentioned DeLon Wright at, you know, I think he's still a reasonable price. I know his prices went up a little bit, but at 6,700, a guy that's pretty much, you know, leading this, this offense in terms of the point guard. And he, you know, he plays defense. He gets a little bit of everything in terms of stats. He's been, his assists have been up like last few games, you know, 10 and nine assists. I mean, one of those games was overtime, but still he gets, if he gets you some steals as well. So I just like DeLon Wright now that he's scoring more and he produces and all those other peripheral stats and he's getting solid minutes. I'm not worried about Dennis Smith, you know, eating into his minutes or anything. So I, I, I like him here. Um, I think he's a great value. Uh, another guy that's kind of sneaky here that I think could get close to 30 minutes is Josh Jackson. When he gets minutes, you know, he plays pretty good at home. He's just, he's just a good all-around athlete. Again, the, a guy that can play inside and outside, can produce in a lot of stats, and you're going to get him at FanDuel. He's 5,500. He's not going to have a lot of high ownership because he's not a big name. But I think he's going to get starter type minutes and uh, and produce here in this game as well. And that fifty five hundred dollars. And then the other guy that's sneaky, I talked to you about before the podcast is Blake Griffin. And I'm traditionally not even a Blake Griffin fan. Like like as a Pistons fan, I think he like that whole trade like ruined. You know, it's just another thing that ruined the franchise. But anyway, so it's not that I'm a Blake Griffin like you know uh, hype hype guy here. It, this isn't like a bias type thing. I just think that Blake Griffin 
uh, two games ago in the road trip, he did not play against the Lakers, so he got the rest. Then he came home, had a, an okay game, you know, put up over 20 fantasy points at his near $5,000 range uh, against uh, against uh, Brooklyn. He didn't shoot good in that game. But if Blake Griffin comes out tonight and he's going to get, you know, I think over 30 minutes, and I think he's gonna he's actually going to be shooting a lot and, and scoring quite a bit and still getting rebounds and other stats here. So at 5,100, a rested Blake Griffin, this is the type of game where he can actually have 30-plus fantasy points. So I think he gets over 30 fantasy points at that $5,100 FanDuel price. And I don't like Blake Griffin, but I think if you target him on the right night in the right situation, I think he can do well. So that's why I like him in this game, and he's probably going to be low-owned as well. So I I just think he's too cheap. And so you can see the theme here. I like those more affordable Pistons. I think Plumlee's price has came up a little more than I'm comfortable with right now. And he's got to go against those Indiana bigs. So even though Plumlee's played awesome, I don't know if I'm going to play, you know, isn't he like 7,000 on FanDuel. And then the same thing with Jeremy Grant. I mean, he's been probably the, you know, comeback player of the year in terms of just, uh, or not comeback, but the most improved player of the year in terms of his production. He's been awesome. He's playing at an all-star level. Um, I love Jeremy Grant, but just once his price is above $8,000, when I see some of these other Pistons starting to contribute more in terms of scoring and usage, I think that Jeremy Grant's still solid, but I don't think he's going to smash that you know $8,300 price tag is my point there. So I do love Jeremy Grant. I just don't love him at this price in this particular game the way that I see the, the Pistons playing right now. Um, so I, I would rather just target these lower lower price guys that I think are going to get have a decent uh, fantasy game in this matchup here for the Pistons. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you on Plumlee. Uh, just don't like that price tag tonight on either site uh, combined with the matchup and the other centers on this slate. Um, as for the other guys, I, I think I lean a little bit more towards Grant, at least on DraftKings. You know, I've got that price tag circled where he's 7400 um, You know, The problem is, again, if you go with Grant on DraftKings, then all of a sudden it's tougher to go stars and scrubs. And so then maybe you look at a guy like Butler and you go with a more of a balanced approach, but Grant, you know, is the, the guy that I'm most interested on DraftKings. Um, Blake, uh, it's, it's hard to trust because, you know, when I've seen him this year, he's looked a little bit gimpy and uh, I like the fact, as you pointed out that he's rested, he took a game off there at home and it is, it is a cheap price tag for a guy with, with that much talent, uh, but but not the easiest matchup with Sabonis and Turner, so I'm I'm not sure if I'm going to go there. Dennis Smith Jr. I, you know I, I'm continuing to really evaluate this. And I'm going to be thinking about it throughout the day. Minimum price, you know they trade Derrick Rose for him. Obviously they want to give him a shot. First round draft pick. Uh, they they see the talent, uh, and I think it's a wise move to 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 roll the dice on him. Get a lot younger than Derrick Rose, obviously, and see if he can get back on track. And I, I think they will. I mean, it, we'll have to follow that news here throughout the day, see what else we can uh, hear uh, to give us a sense on if he will get those 15 to 18 minutes. If he does, I think he's probably worth a shot at minimum price on both sites. Um, you know, so I, I, I like I like the opportunity there because he will help you get a Stars and Scrubs lineup. And then the other thing there to, to keep in mind is if he does – get those 15, 18 minutes. I think he might take away a little bit from Josh Jackson, whose usage has um, increased a little bit with Derrick Rose when they held him out because they were thinking about trading him. I, I think, you know, if Dennis Smith Jr. plays, 
then I think Josh Jackson's upside is limited tonight. So I don't I don't think I'm going to go there. Archie, let's go to the 10 o'clock games. And we're going to start with Orlando and Golden State. 223 total. Golden State favored by eight. This is a front end of a back-to-back for Orlando. They're going to stay in Northern California and play Sacramento tomorrow. The news here with Orlando, we've got Aminu questionable. He's just getting back into the rotation, dealing with the knee issue. Fournier is questionable, like he always is. And then Anthony is questionable with the shoulder issue. Um, on the Golden State side, Wiseman is still out, as well as Looney. So we've got that uh, opening with the bigs. And I would like to take advantage of that and play Vucevic here. Uh that's their go-to player, and it is really going to be a tough situation for Golden State with Draymond and Juan Toscano-Anderson to try to slow down Vucevic. So Vucevic is my favorite play with Orlando. If Cole Anthony sits, the guy that's going to step up is Frank Mason, and all of a sudden he becomes a value option who's cheaper than none, you know, low 4K price range on both sites. He's playable. You know, Steph is not known as much for his defense as his shooting. Uh, in terms of the the peripheral guys with Orlando, you know, not not thrilled about any of them. Ennis is getting decent minutes as a starter, uh, you know, so he may get a couple more shots if Fournier is out, because um, of course Aaron Gordon is still out. But uh, you know, not not excited about any of the Orlando guys here. Ross has taken a step forward, uh, trending in the right direction, but he's a little bit pricey for me on this five-game slate. So, um, you know, Vucevic is the guy for me here with Orlando. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this tells you how bad the Orlando team is right now for injuries when Golden State doesn't even have a center, really. And, you know, they're playing a little better with their small ball, but Golden State's favored by eight points here. Um, but for this is a pace up spot as uh, um, Golden State is a great, great game environment and uh, second in pace in the league where Orlando is a slow pace. So for Orlando, it's a pace up spot. Um, so I think Vucevic is probably necessary chalk tonight. Um, he's a guy that most people will be locking in. The issue is he's going to be like crazy high owned because everyone knows right now that you target Golden State in the paint, you know, they don't really have a true center. And you're talking guys that have six to eight inch, you know, size advantages in the paint there. So uh, so that it's kind of uh, it, it's kind of well known right now. So Vucevic, and he's the type of guy that just pretty much runs the show on offense. And you know, he's the one man show. You, you got to worry about the blowout a little bit. But I guess Vucevic probably could hit value in three quarters, the, the, the type of usage and production he gets, because you, there could be a potential blowout if Golden State is shooting hot. Uh, in this game. And then I do like James Ennis as that value play guy, 4,200 on FanDuel, just because he's a guy that plays defense and gets like blocks and steals. He can, you know, get assist. And, you know, if he gets hot, you know, from shooting and actually produces in the, in the scoring category as well, he can really smash that $4,200 price point and they need someone to score. They can't have Vucevic every single time, uh, especially if Cole Anthony's out, James Ennis might be distributing the ball a little bit more here. A um, little bit hard to trust uh, for this Frank Mason situation. He's going to be like pretty chalky. It sounds like as people are trying to get value on this slate, if Cole Anthony's out, and it does kind of sound like Cole Anthony's more on the doubtful side of, of questionable we'll see you know we don't have any reports on that yet but uh so yeah so i'm mostly interested in ns and vucevic 
if you were doing uh, like GPP lineups, you could take a look at Dwayne Bacon for Orlando just because he could come off the bench or start and get hot as a shooter as well, especially if like Fournier is still out. And Fournier is going to, you know, a guy that you have to keep an eye on as well. So so just depending on how it looks with Cole Anthony and and, and uh, you know, Vuz, uh, in, if uh, Fournier is out again, then you got to look at a few of these guys to consider. Um, but, you know, it's it's not really that easy of a matchup for the guards because even though – Yes, Steph Curry is not that great at defense. Golden State's great at team defense. They're one of the better, you know, they're pretty solid team defense overall. Their backcourt's pretty tough. And you, whoever's playing point guard has to chase around Steph Curry. They're going to spend all their energy trying to trying to limit Steph Curry all night. So, um, yeah, so I'm not too high on the Orlando side, obviously. But there's, like you said, there's a few guys here. Uh, what are you thinking about this Golden State side? This is looking pretty juicy on this Golden State side here. Yeah, you know, Orlando's been trending down a little bit defensively. They're now 21st on the season. Uh, and Golden State kind of getting in a bit of a groove here with this new lineup. You know, Steph and Draymond have had a terrific chemistry. Unfortunately, Draymond is priced up now. So I don't know if I'll get get to him on this slate. I, I'm tempted to get Steph out there because I think he could really smash here. He's been just so hot, you know, 57 points the other night. Um but, uh, you know, is it a blowout? And does he get 60 fantasy points uh, with that price tag? That's the question. I, I Right now, I think I'm leaning a little bit more towards some of these other stars. Um, Juan Toscano-Anderson is a, a glue guy for your lineup. You know, he just has to play big minutes. And, you know, he's done a pretty good job approaching double-doubles with that uh, opportunity he's getting, you know, r- reasonable price tag here on both sites. So, Steph and Juan Toscano Anderson are the guys I'm looking at the most. You know, Ubre or Wiggins could certainly go off here, um, but they're inconsistent, and you know you can't really count on their usage even recently. So they're they're more GPP options for me, and I'm likely to just focus on Steph and Toscano Anderson tonight. Yeah, and I think I think uh, it, it, the big question will be, you know, Steph Curry or, you know, when we get to the next game, like looking at him versus like Damian Lillard, because that's a fairly good game environment. But I pref- right now prefer Steph Curry. It's the easier matchup. You know, Orlando's just so banged up and, you know, they're gonna, they could have, you know, backups upon backups playing here at the, in the backcourt. So and obviously Steph is. Uh, you know, Steph is as hot as can be right now. And this is the type of game he could be approaching like 50 real life points, you know, again, against Orlando here at home. It's just a game where he could really light it up. So I think it is kind of a ceiling game. And I think he is going to be able to get quite a few assists and uh, other stats in this game as well. It's not like he's just going to just put up only scoring uh, here. So I, I do like Steph. Um, they are limiting his playing time a little bit and kind of load manage him a little bit, but I think it only takes him like 32 minutes to get to have a huge game here. So I so I do like him, and of course it's a really fast-paced team that he's leading. Um, it's one of the faster-paced games, and they are big favorites here. So I so I think Steph can get it done. The other guys that uh, I like here for Golden State that I think you have to consider are is Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre. You know, uh, take your pick there. They're kind of mid six thousand dollar range guys. 
and they're both in really good spots in terms of matchups and being able to put up, you know, just stuff the staff sheet here as well. Wiggins has played good on defense and, you know, he gets a lot of blocks and steals as this Ubre. And then Ubre has shown a little bit better shooting as of late. You know, he is a little streaky, you know, up and down. But if he gets shooting well and he actually hits some threes, he can produce. And Wiggins can definitely do do work and, you know, be slashing and, you know, driving into the paint and do some work and get to the free throw line a lot as well. So I like those guys in terms of putting up a solid game here, especially being that they don't really have any centers. They need those guys down there in the paint more, those big athletic, you know, type guys like Uber and Wiggins to be able to rebound and produce more. Um, so I like those guys. And I do like Toscano Anderson as well at, at the, you know, $5,000 range. I think he's a solid play here. Um, but yeah, mostly Ubre and Wiggins and Curry are the guys that I like in this game. And I think it is a, is a good game to get exposure to Golden State. There is a risk of a blowout here just because Orlando doesn't have that much firepower. But if you like Vucevic, then you can obviously bring back, you know, a couple of these Golden State guys on the other side. If you think Vucevic is going to just tear it up and keep them in the game. But you just worry, is it going to be like midway through the third quarter? Is Orlando already going to be out of the game? That's that's the only concern here with the blowout. Exactly. And they are on the front of a back to back. So hopefully they'll keep it close if we get heavily invested in that game couple things here before we get to the last game we uh continue of course to give out full uh hybrid lineups on FanDuel to plug and play in your cash games and a gpp lineup every night and then on DraftKings, the coach's clipboard with highlighted core plays and pivots that smashed for us last night the other thing we are going to do here uh, in this stretch is if you haven't heard yet, the shootout series on FanDuel, 10-day competition, where they highlight one single game per night, and then they track your performance over the 10 days, and they give out bonus prizes based on your three highest scores. And we've been having a lot of, a lot of fun and success with our members on that, so we're providing an additional lineup or two for that contest. So jump in with us tonight if you'd like to get involved in that. Uh, if you get the week membership that we offer, then you can... Be with us for the rest of this shootout series contest on FanDuel. So just go to our website for that, dfscoachtalk.com. Sign up there. We'll send you an email, get you into our Discord, and that's where we give out our lineups about 20 to 30 minutes before lock. Um, while you're on the website, of course, you'll continue to see the option for the BetUS special. So if you're into sports betting and you can make your first deposit on betus.com.pa, Go there, make a deposit of $199. You're going to get to use that money there for your sports wagering activities, and you're going to get a free three-month membership with us. So if you want to go that route, sign up on betus.com.pa. Let us know that you've done that on Twitter. Uh, reach out to us at DFS Coach Talk, and then you'll be with us for three months and get all of our lineups and all of our sports. All right, we'd love to have you. In the meantime, Shane, let's get going here on the final game. Philly and Portland, the late night hammer, highest total on the board, 229 and a half. Philly favored by five and a half. This is an exciting game environment from my perspective. You know, one caveat is it is a front end of a back-to-back for Portland, but they get to be at home. They're going to host Cleveland tomorrow. So this is certainly the more challenging matchup. Hopefully we'll get full minutes here from the Portland guys and get a close game. The news we have is that uh, Shake Milton is doubtful on the Philly side, so we could get Maxi involved. And then on the Portland side, everybody who's been playing is healthy. Nasir Little is questionable. I'll start on the Philly side. 
Embiid is in a smash spot here against Cantor. Unfortunately, he's extremely expensive. He's more expensive than Vucevic on both sides. And that's the question here. Most of my lineup, I'd like to pay up for one of those guys as a center. Embiid, certainly the higher ceiling. He just dominates on both ends of the court. He's been in a pretty good groove here recently. So I like Embiid. Uh, Seth Curry is a guy that I'm looking at for value on this slate. He had a bit of a rough stretch after dealing with COVID, but the last two games, he's been more like himself uh, back to his regular production. And he's got a nice price tag on FanDuel at 4100 So I like him. And then with the bench guys, I'm not going to go with anyone except for Maxi. If Shake Milton is out, then Maxi becomes an option. But he's not, you know, he's not cheap on FanDuel, better price on DraftKings, and he's more of a GPP option. Some of these other 3K guys I like a tiny bit better. So I'm unlikely to get to Maxi, but I do like Embiid and Curry here tonight. Yeah, and uh, what I like about this game, it it is one of the fastest pace games here. Uh, and the teams are, you know, the teams are, Portland's obviously really bad on defense. Now, Philly's good on defense, but they don't play as good on the road. So I kind of like downgrade Philly a little bit, as in this could be a closer game, where if it was played in Philly, I might be worried about the blowout a little bit here. But, you know, Philly doesn't like to play that good on the road, really. So that's a good (laughs) thing here. So I look at it as that that ups Embiid's value that Embiid could have to play all the way till the end of the fourth quarter and get that and actually have to be able to play well, kind of like he did at uh, Sacramento last time out. It was a competitive game, and they had to try to come back. So I do like Embiid here, and you can certainly make the argument that paying up a little bit for Embiid, he's the type of guy that's more likely to get over 60 fantasy points as opposed to Vucevic could get his, you know, 40 to 50 fantasy points and then not even play in the fourth quarter due to the blowout. So that's kind of what I'm looking at is I think this will be a competitive game. I think Portland has enough firepower and Portland plays good at home. Philly doesn't play good. So that's why I like it. Um, I do also like, uh, so Embiid is a, is in consideration here. He's he's probably the best center play on the slate, um, but it's pretty close with Vucevic. And then I do like Seth Curry. Um, this could be, you know, a Splash Brothers night, but like a real life Splash Brothers, like both Curry guys you could throw in your lineup here because I think both Curry brothers are, are looking like uh, they could have big games here. And obviously Seth Curry's the value play here. And yeah, he's been contributing and playing a ton more. And Shake Milton is more more on the doubtful side of questionable, which means more usage for uh, Seth Curry here. So that, that could be a good thing. Um, and then I think you can take a look at Tobias Harris is a mid range play. He's the type of guy that can cr- contribute in all categories. And if you feel like this game is be, is going to be close down the stretch and it's going to be a fast paced game, Tobias Harris can produce here as well, I think, and put up, you know, 40 to 50 fantasy points at a $7,800 fan to a price. So, so those are the guys I'm looking at on Philly here. Um, and then, uh, the Portland side is looking pretty good here as well. I'm curious, what uh, what are you thinking about the Portland side here? I, I like the backcourt here. You know, you look at that last game uh, when Philly was playing Sacramento and Fox just shredded them. And Heald had a big game too. They both paid off value. And I think Lillard and Trent could both pay off value here. Even though Philly is strong defensively, uh, you know, they've shown that weakness and Lillard can get to the rack just like Fox. He's amazing at, at that. So he's in play for me. Trent is really taking advantage of this starting role. And he fits in well with, with any build, especially the mid-tier build. 6,000, you know, obviously 
Curry could be a better value on the other side here, but but Trent is in play for me on this slate. I'm really focused on those two guys, not not interested in the bigs having to deal with Embiid. Uh, and, and then Anthony, Anthony Simons off the bench, he's finally settled into his backup role, 18 to 20 minutes. He's a reasonable price tag. You could look there. But, uh, yeah, mostly Lillard and or Trent for me from Portland. Yeah, I, I really like Trent and Lillard. Obviously, Trent is a little bit more affordable, and, he's, and he seems like he has still has a pretty good ceiling. So I like Trent. Lillard, it's going to be a matter of, you know, if I'm playing like Steph Curry, I probably am not going to be able to get up and pay for both of those guys over 10000 So that's the only issue there is you kind of have to choose there. But I think Lillard's it's unfortunate, isn't it? It is, yeah. But <laughs> it's kind of how it is, yeah, unless you're paying way down at center, which probably isn't a good strategy here. Um, the one guy that if you want to get some value, again, because it's good to get value from these fast-paced, higher-scoring games for Portland – I do like Derek Jones here. Uh, traditionally don't love Derek Jones, but now that, you know, he's back healthy and playing more minutes with McCollum still out, Derek Jones, I think, is going to contribute more in terms of scoring. And I just like, again, I like these guys that do everything. He's just long and lengthy and just causes a lot of issues. And he's the type of guy that can crash the boards and get blocks and steals and still, you know, throw some uh, dishes as well, get some assists. So I like Derek Jones just to, you know, have an overall good game in smash is, is like 4,500 on FanDuel. So I think he, he can approach 30 fantasy points. So that's why I'm interested in him in, in this game environment, just because he does a little bit of everything. He's not relying on just being, you know, scoring because he's not really a big scorer. But if he does score a little bit here and puts up the other stats, I, I like him to get close to 30 fantasy points. So that's why I like Derek Jones. So you could you could stack this game and have Seth Curry on one side at at a four thousand dollar price range, and Derek Jones on the other side, just for salary savings, and to have that late night, you know, uh, hammer there, and then you could pay up for one of the studs there, like a Lillard and Embiid, and you would have some nice exposure to this game here. Uh, so that's kind of the way I'm approaching it. Is you, you almost have to have exposure to this game, unless it ends up being a blowout. But I, like I said, I think I, th- I think it's going to be fairly close down the stretch here. Yeah, Lillard's going to make sure that it stays close down the stretch. You know, the other thing with those wing players for Portland is. I'm a, I'm a, I'm getting a little bit nervous playing those guys because Stotts has been changing the starting rotation a little bit. Hood, Derek Jones Jr., you know, he's been mixing and matching. And so the, the challenging thing with this 10 o'clock tip-off is if we don't know who's going to start, I'm not, I'm not ready to go there. I think uh, you might be better off if you're playing like the single-game slate or a late slate with the two late games, once you had that starting lineup, making that decision on a Derek Jones Jr. or a Hood, because I just don't trust either one of them if they're not starting. So that there's my take there. All right, Shane, that concludes our five-game trip around the NBA. Um, want to invite everybody again to join us and, and grab our lineups tonight. Just go to dfscoachdoc.com and sign up. Let us know if you have any questions on Twitter. Um, what else, Shane? Did I miss anything? No, I, th- I mean, I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, we got the show- showdown series, and then we got their, our five-game main slate, and, yeah, we're looking uh, set up for a, a nice run here. I mean, this is going to be another night where we need to look check the news because there's not, a, like, a lot of crazy value popping up right now or, like, a lot of players out. But uh, we'll see what happens, you know, as, the, as we get into the evening hours here because, yeah, there, there's probably going to be some news popping up as it is every single NBA slate. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's looking like a, a nice – a nice set of matchups here. Some some really good some superstar matchups and and uh, it's definitely some tough tough games to break down. But I th- I think we're ready for it. Yes, indeed. So great to have you back here, Shane. 
uh, getting involved in NBA. So we'll build some, hopefully build some winners tonight and hope everybody out there who was listening has a successful evening in DFS. So on behalf of Shane Caldwell and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I am Andrew Hansen. Thank you for joining us and tune in again tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.